Hey everybody, welcome to the Under Construction Podcast. Thanks for joining us today as I talk to my guests about what it means to grow their career and how they define success. This is an experiment in helping us all to understand that while we may share things in common, we also have a lot of differences when it comes to both our careers and our definitions of success. Enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the Under Construction Podcast. Today, my guest is John Dotwai. John, how are you doing, man? Good, how are you? I'm doing great. Awesome. For folks who don't know you, John, uh, explain what company you work for and what your role is. Um, so I work for the Civil Energy Group um, for Mark and with Dave and Shane and all those folks. Um, technically, uh, uh, project director is my title, um, but uh, really focus a lot of my time um, helping grow the business kind of up in the upper Midwest area, bringing in new clients, new territory, things like that. So Nice. Yeah. When you look at uh, like a typical week, what does that look like for you in that role? What do you do? Um, a lot of the same stuff as our, our younger folks do, I'd say. Um, a lot of estimating, um, you know, client development, PR, stuff like that sort of deal. You know, um, we necessarily don't have our own... Um, what was I, uh, business development group. So, you know, it's, you know, a lot of, a lot of the work we do, it's, you know, relationships that we've developed over the past, you know, five, 10, 20 years in the, in the industry. Um, so we all have our own people that we reach out to and work with. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, estimating business development, you know, and just keeping in contact with those people and then, um, you know, just overall project oversight, project management type things. So more of the same, just you add more to it as you as your title changes. <laughs> That's right. Rinse, repeat, and add in another cycle, there right? You go. There you go. Uh, a little over six months with the organization, correct? Yeah, uh, since May, beginning yeah. of May. Yep. So yeah, uh, yeah, five six months now. So yep. How did you come to be a part of the Keeley Company's team? Um, I had worked. Uh, go back to so I guess go back to like 2012. Um, I knew of Mark. Uh, when he was with another contractor, um, and I was as well. Um, didn't know him, but knew of him. Um, fast forward then to about 2016, 2017. Um, Mark was with Keeley at the time, and we used Keeley as a uh, subcontractor for a large 345 transmission line uh, in southern Indiana, and um, really started the relationship there. And then, uh, you know, just over the years, you know, using Keeley at, you know, for bids and other, you know, uh, developmental projects and things like that. And uh, just kept in contact. And um, Mark always said, if, if, if there's ever a, if you ever got curious, they're, you guys are more than happy to have me come on over. And, uh, you know, about halfway through 22, I, I reached out and said, I think there, I think there might be, need to be a change. So, so yeah, then we, uh, we made the change, like I said, you know, been here since May of, this year and uh, it's been good. Love it. It's uh, it's amazing how the connections uh, in the industry faces come and go. They stay the same. Business cards change, yep. uh, and yet we all kind of rotate in an orbit about each other. You do. You really do. So talk a little bit about why why you like what you do with Civil Energy. Was this something that uh, Little John always wanted to do, or is it something you grew into? No, definitely something I grew into. Um, Nobody in my family is in construction, really. Um, I actually started college uh, first nursing and then uh, teaching. 
was my first the first two starts and then uh always did construction growing up and then everybody was like why don't you just go for construction so i did um and yeah that was really the start of it uh graduated in college and uh a month later hit the road went to the state of washington for a wind farm job and um, i've been on the road ever since really so um yeah that's really and i've always just done it since then so it is I what it is it. yeah so when you look at construction what are some of the things that you really enjoy about it you know what what attracts you to the the culture of construction uh both here at keely and also in your your previous uh roles um the challenge of it i think is one big thing um i'm the I'm the weird dad that likes to be able to drive down the road and say like, "Hey, I built that, kids." Love that. <laughs> um, you know, I I, I, don't know, I just take a lot of pride in being able to, you know, when you can physically point to something and, and be like, "Hey, you know, I was a part of building that." I, I think it's really cool, you know. Um, I think for other people in other industries or you know other ventures, it, it's hard. Maybe their kids don't totally understand like what what do you do, you know? Um, so it's it's neat to be able to point to something physical and be like, "Hey, you know, we built that." Um, Besides that stuff, I, I really, uh, I'm a big relationship person. I, I value relationships with people a lot. And, and in construction, you know, it's, you have a lot of relationships that you have to manage. And, you know, certain, you know, it, they ebb and flow, but like it is very deeply a, a relationship driven business. So. You and I started uh, our relationship back right when you started. Uh, we were down at a strategic planning meeting. Uh, in our New Braunfels office in Texas, had a great dinner, a uh, good time hanging out afterwards and just talking about things. And one of the, the cool things about your story is, uh, and, and many stories, is that it doesn't take a linear path. Uh, it goes one direction and then changes, it comes another direction. We have failures, uh, things that we've learned from. Looking back over your career, are, are there any places where you can look at it and go, wow, I had what would have looked like from the outside to be a failure, but it's something that really set you up for success now in your career. It gave you, uh, I've heard somebody say, you paid some tuition and you learned something. Yeah, I guess there maybe maybe two two areas. Um, you know, I've in my career I've been you know fortunate to work for you know, large general contractor type companies, four of them, um, nationwide contractors. Um, one one of them, you know. Um, I thought the move to it was was going to be really good, and it was literally a year to the day when I left, and it was like, you know, a few months in, it was like I, I need to get out of here as fast as I possibly can. Um, but you know, it, that was during 2010, 11, 12 during that time, when jobs were scarce, construction mm -hmm. industry was hard to, you know, you didn't want to get out of what you were doing at that time. Um, and so you just gritted your teeth and got through it um, until you found something else, you know. Um, took some pay cuts along the way and things like that, but, you know, ultimately, you know, led me to, to better places. Um, and then, um, and then yeah, it, you, know, um, you know, with my last employer, won't get into too many specifics, but just uh, a change in groups that I was working with. Um, didn't, it, it just didn't go very well, um, but the the experience that I gained from working in a, you know, from a, a regular just general contractor to a, an EPC style, you know, uh, engineer procure construct style business, um, you learn a lot. You are you are responsible for everything. You know, you don't have a buffer between yourself and the owner. It's like, 
the owner's just questioning why isn't why haven't materials been bought? Where are materials? How's design coming along? You know, they just they really take a back seat to it to limit their risk exposure. And you know, us as that general, you know, working in that EPC world, it's you know, you you own all that risk and you have to be able to manage and mitigate. Um, so it was a uh, it was a good experience from the perspective of what I learned and um, the experience I got from it. But you know, as far as uh, career wise, it. It was it was a year spent going. What am I doing here with this? Like this is not. It's a good industry, but this is not what I want to be doing right now. So, yeah. When you look at construction, it's not easy, yeah. right? A lot of a lot of stress involved. A lot of a lot of changes, and sometimes even chaos. If you can, just kind of broadly, what are some things people should look at that they can start to identify the signs of? There's a difference between, hey, this is a crazy job and I'm, I'm going through stress on a job versus I might be in the wrong place. Are there any general things that you could point out to people to watch for? Um, yeah, I, th- I think a big thing, um, you know, we all go through through seasons of it where it's, you know, stress is, a, you go through a season of stress and, you know, like like you said, you know, whether it's a, a stressful job, stressful time of the year, you know, in, in the utility industry you know it's seasonal and it, it really is you know i think our fall season is very active a lot of bidding going on you know um, utilities are getting their outages and things like that so our workload increases and it's a very stressful season you know but when that season lasts four five six eight ten months and it's things aren't changing things aren't improving um you know there may be something there i always i always think of what my home life is like at that point in time, you know, my wife is very understanding in in my occupation and career, you know, um, we're fortunate enough where she is able to stay home with the kids. Um, and so when when the home life starts getting rough, you know it you know it's probably been more than just a season of, you know, immediate impact, um, or, or an immediate job, that it's there's something lingering there that it's like, okay, what's going on here and what needs to change. So Love that. One of the things John had mentioned, just for folks who may not be familiar with the the, the TND side, uh, transmission distribution electrical side of the business, can you explain what outage season is and why is it be stressful if things are out? Um, outage season for our for the utilities, you know, around here, Ameren, um, you know, otherwise, you know, nationwide, XL Energy and Duke and Nipsco and so on and so forth. But uh, you know, outage season is typically in the fall, so like September through. November, um, depending on where you are regionally, um, where you know, loads are less on transmission and distribution circuits so they can take lines out of service to um, perform work, upgrades, build new stuff like that. So you usually have a, a fall outage season and then a spring outage season, um, kind of starting that February through May timeframe. So then you know your June, July, August, your hot months, um, typically you don't get outages and then your, your cold winter months, November, December, January is when is when they typically don't give outages as well. So, As a contractor, that means you have a very, very tight deadline with which to get your work done, which adds stress because there is no, we're late. Yep. The power's coming back on, you gotta be ready to go. What are some things that you do to help you deal with stress do you have any tips or tricks or habits for john 
that you do to manage the stress? Um, I like to keep things very simple for me. Um, I, I, I wear the same three pairs of pants. I have the same seven shirts. You know, like I'm sorry, I, for, it, and that's just how it works for me. I like to eliminate thinking about what I'm going to have to do, or you know, I eat the same thing for dinner. You know, it. You know, it, a lot of that stuff. You know, it's just habit of being on the road for so long. Um, we, we haven't mentioned, but I, I live in Minnesota, and so I travel down here to St. Louis. Um, you know, for a few weeks at a time, and you know, the in and out of hotel and living out of a suitcase. So I, I like to keep things simple, keep things easy. Um, that's how I manage stress. You know, when, when we go home, um, when I'm able to go home, it's, you know, doing things that we enjoy on the farm. We, you know, we farm in our limited spare time, raise cattle and stuff like that. So, like, that's my outlet whenever I'm able to, to enjoy that stuff. But I, th- I think a big thing is just keeping things simple, making sure your home life is squared away. Um, if, you know, if your home life is squared away, you know, I think that is, that's 90% of the battle. So... Love it. Good, uh, good wisdom there, especially uh, from experience and the seasonality that you talked about. I mean, that's, that's critically important for all of us, I think, to remember. Uh, whether you're late in career, mid-career, early career, it does ebb and flow. That was a great term. I appreciate you bringing that up. When you look at the ebb and flow, uh, we see this a lot of times uh, at a macro level, economy-wise, but uh, certainly even in a project. Other than ebb and flow and understanding that, any topics or hints that you would give to somebody who's getting ready to get into the business? They could be younger if they took, you know, an apprentice or a college path, or maybe it's somebody mid-career coming into the industry. What's some things you would advise people on how to be successful in this industry? Always be willing to to take the challenge. Um, It may seem inconvenient for you now, but the, the dividends that can pay off, um, you know, in the future could be huge. You know, I, I've, I've always been a proponent to take the traveling position if at all possible. Um, just the, the level of experience, the amount of things you get to see and do, um, not only from a, a personal side, but a professional side, you know, the, those opportunities, you know, people see you willing to go that extra step, willing to make sacrifices. And when you're, when you're in your early 20s, it's easy to do. You know, typically you don't have kids and a dog and a house and things like that. So, you know, um, I, I did that and I haven't stopped. <laughs> you know, <laughs> fortunately, I've got a, a wife who understands and she grew up in the same in the same household and family with a dad who travels for construction and, and who still does, you know. So, um, you know, it, it's worked that way for us. But, yeah, I would always say take take the opportunities that, that come up, you know, whether it's convenient or not at the time. Um figure it out and, and go after it. Love it. When you uh, when you talk about the, the projects and how it gives you a lot of experience, uh, obviously a lot of things coming at you at one time, especially when you're traveling, because you're trying to maximize your investment, yep. right? Um, any tools that you use to help you uh, stay focused, whether it's tracking, you know, some people are software people, other people are book people. What are some things that you use to help yourself stay focused and really driving those business results that you want to achieve? I'm a pretty easy to do list person. Like I, I like to be able to see um, results, see see productivity. Um, you know, I, I don't get too fancy with the the Excel spreadsheets or the 
the OneNote or whatever on a computer. Um, it's just usually in a, in a notebook that I take everywhere I go. But you know, to-do list to keep you active, keep you moving, doing that stuff. Um, you know, and then and then as you cross it off, you can see your progress and the progression you're making through things. Um, I, otherwise, I just you know work out regularly. I don't know. It's you know as as far as, far as staying motivated and staying active and things like that. I, I think that's you know being on the road and you maybe spend more time in the office than than most because you don't have other things to do you know um so like you know i'm usually here till six seven o'clock and then it's go back to the hotel work out eat go to bed and rinse and repeat so that's actually really good advice and, and something i think we should all pay attention to it's not just the mental machine it's the physical machine mm-hmm. and doesn't take a ma- you know a massive gym membership even the basics yeah. just something you got to get that get the system primed to moving again so i appreciate that Kind of some uh, more philosophical or, or even existential questions as we get ready to close up here. Um, for John Dodd, how do you define success? I think if you can, if you can stay true to who you are and what you've done, um, you know, I, I'm a big morals and values person. Um, I, I'm, I'm me through and through. Um, there's not a lot that changes, you know, um, just, the, you know, just kind of the, the comment that I, um, someone asked me this a while ago, but, you know, just, you know, be steadfast in your morals. And if you can say that you've, you've been that and you've done that and you've been that person, you know, you know that's that's a win, you know. Um, treat people that you want to be treated. You know, it's really simple things that, that make, you know, success. It's not necessarily financial success or, you know, um, title success, you know, VP, president, things like that. It's like, you know, if you can... If you can do things the right way and treat people the right way, you know, I, I think it's, it's in general things are a success. So I love it. Great definition. I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, last question. we got all this digital signage in our world. Um, if we put you in God mode where you could hack into everything that has a screen in our lives, if you were to be able to give advice to your kids or even your grandkids, what are a couple things you want them to know that are going to set them up to have massive success in life? Work hard, keep your head down, and work for a while. Um, I I, th- I think that that's something maybe that's missing a little bit nowadays. Um, and I'm not saying asking questions or, and you know probing for answers is bad. Um, but I think just the the older mentality, the older thought of keep down and work, keep your head down and work hard. Um, I work hard does not go out of style. It's uh, you know um, growing up, you know having I say you know having three girls of my own and us living on the farm, like that's that's a an upbringing that I didn't have, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that I am able to give my kids that. Um, Cause I just, I just don't think it's, especially with, you know, people my age and, and the kids that they're raising, I don't, I don't see that as prominent as it used to be. You know, maybe when I was a kid, even though I didn't grow up with that, you know, a lot of, a lot more of my friends grew up on farms and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I just, hard work. It, it's, it's never going to go out of style. It's people, you know, 
if you're willing to take the chance, willing to take the risk, willing to do the extra effort, um, I don't know how you can't be successful looking at the the times and the climate of a workforce that we have in front of us. I love it. Putting those reps in. You learn yeah. something every time, whether it's I did right and I move forward or I did wrong and I learned how to do it yeah. right. But it only comes with that hard work. Yeah. So, yeah, great advice. Thank you for sharing that. John, I appreciate it. Thank you for spending time with us today. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Under Construction Podcast. I trust you had a lot of good notes that you've been able to take and maybe some actionable items that you're going to be able to put on your calendar so that you can internalize and then grow from some of the ideas that our guests are sharing. Hey, if you'd like to have somebody featured on the Under Construction Podcast, just reach out to me. I'm always happy to have conversations and share people's stories. You can reach me at jregan at keelycompanies.com. Thanks and have a great day.